I want to open the show. Oh, we should open it. Let's open the show with a good old dad joke. Okay. Okay, Google. Best dad jokes of 2020. Best racist dad jokes of 2020. Well, that actually does not fly right now. Two years ago, that would have been a funny thing to type in. But now, now it's not. Okay, I found, here's one I like. Two guys walk into a bar. The third guy ducked. Uh, That's an old one, though. That is an old one. What do you call a pudgy psychic? What? A fortune teller. Uh, <laughs> I just processed that one. That's you have awful. to spell it out in your head, because this works better as a written joke. So, okay, want to talk about fun news? Yeah, what's some fun news? So you know how I'm, like, autistic and I can't let go of something once I like it? Mm-hmm. Um, so Warhammer just announced they're going to do a comic book series with a new story. Oh, cool. And so the headline was like, oh, I, well, I wonder what that's going to be like. So I clicked on it, and they're partnering with Marvel. Oh, no. That's that's exa- that's what I said. I said, oh, no, and I stopped reading and I closed the tab. Like, I didn't even bother with the, the presser. I When I see the Marvel logo... It's it's not just the oversaturation, because I think honestly, um, like the movies, I still like, and it's not the uh, like the social justice worry stuff, because I, I think half of that's like made up problems, like it's not as rampant as people like to complain it is. I think my actual problem with Marvel is that I do not associate it with quality at all. Yeah, I I know. Uh... I cannot picture this being worthwhile to look at at all. Okay, Kieran Gillian's writing it, and I don't remember who that is, so I just asked in the comics Facebook group that I'm in, is this guy any good? And someone says I like him, so maybe it'll be okay. Uh, my, I know there are some good stuff coming from Marvel right now, I just don't read it. Like, Miles Morales' Spider-Man is really good, um, and then uh, Jonathan Hickman's X-Men shit he's doing is really good. Uh, Jonathan Hickman's a really good writer, though, so that makes sense. Uh, I'm not super familiar with this writer, I just, one of the things I hate about Marvel is, like, their comics are fucking loaded with ads, which is really annoying. Like, it's like, I bought this thing, and there's, like, ads in the middle of the fucking comic. I don't, I don't want to do that. And then, just the way they handle their own continuity and stuff, like, they'll release, like, ten issue number ones, and they're, but they're not issue number ones. It's the start of a new arc, but not a new run, and so it's like, here's exposition to get you caught up, and it's like, no, it's supposed to be a number one. And then there's also just a lot of dog shit writing, too. So I sent you the, they have one picture they've released. I hate the line work. It's very uninspired. It's super lazy to me. It's not, I mean, there's like detail, there's work to it. They, they colored it with multiple colors. So it's not like work wasn't done. But when I look at it, my first thought is like something you would see with a Happy Meal kid's toy. Yeah, it just, it doesn't match what I picture of Warhammer. It's like, there's like one skull on this guy. And it's like, no, he should have like 30 skulls. There needs to be more pointless lines for no reason. Cause it, I mean, the models are so fucking detailed. Like, and then I don't like the coloring either. It feels too bright. It's like uh, a really, uh, really thick uh, colored pencil or something, which isn't a bad style. It just, I don't, I don't think it fits with the property. It's too bright. Yeah. Like even the explosions are too bright. You know, yeah, you know, that's actually a funny debate going on in Warhammer right now is uh, there's people that want everything to be like so grim dark that it's literally everything's black and grayscale. And then there's other people that like to bring up, you know, like the box art that <laughs> I don't have you seen some of the stuff from like the 90s? No, um, like this is what Warhammer used to look like when you buy a Warhammer set. Oh, wow. That is super 90s. It is, like, it, I feel like it's cringe even in the 90s. Yeah. And so oh, compared shit, this guy to... does w- The Wicked and the Divine? The Karen Gillan? I, I, okay, so... Okay. I've never that read plus? that, but he's... Oh, he does Die? Die's fucking awesome. This, okay, this so guy's maybe the right person? A, yeah, this guy's actually a really good writer. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good sign. I just... I, I think when I think about comics, I would rather enjoy looking at it. If this guy's a good writer, um, give him a book to write. I don't. This isn't his first time doing Warhammer either. He did some with Boom Studios uh, back in two thousand eight. Oh, that's good. 
Okay, maybe they're they're doing the right direction. It's just uh I I'm very picky on art. So I'm looking at this and it, it, I think uninspired is the best way to put it. Like I don't I don't know who they're shooting at and I don't care. It's just blue guys shooting and they have like this weird chalky black guess, lines that like a coloring book. So my other problem with it and this is a stupid problem is that oh it's a it's a it's a regular space marine. It's one of the blue ones. I'm like I don't fucking like those guys. I'm a heretic. I want I want the Chaos Space Marines. I want the Orcs. I want the, the Tyranids. I don't want, like, the standard-ass humans. I mean, they're kind of the Mario, though, right? Like, right. If you do a Mario comic book, it, you don't necessarily put Bowser on the number one issue. I suppose. Is Bowsette still trendy? Am I the only person that still likes Bowsette? I like Bowsette. I haven't thought of Bowsette okay. in a while. I think about her every night. That's good. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, that's that's the Warhammer update this week. I'm actually mildly interested now that I know who that uh, writer is. Well, let's keep an eye out on it when it uh when it does come out. If you're not in the loop, I'll let you know. Okay. I feel like you hear comic news sooner than I do. Uh, typically, but usually, if I see Marvel on it, I just dip the fuck out. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I didn't even know who was writing this because I, I saw the Marvel logo and my first thought was like, I had these like Vietnam flashbacks of different comics people have sent me in the past couple months. <laughs> it's I remember, like, uh, I can't read this. <laughs> I read the entire event where Captain America turned out to be uh, working for Red Skull and, uh, and he, they took over the world and it was bad and they were like, look, I'm actually a fascist. I'm Captain America. And then it turns out that a different Captain America showed up and it was like, no, I'm Captain America, and he beat up the other Captain America, and it was like, there, we won. And it has to do with the Cosmic Cube, and then, like, one person stayed dead out of everybody. Every- everything reverted back except one person. And it-, it was one of, like, the few lady characters in the in the thing, and it was just... It was dreadful. It was 12 issues, I think, and it was all horrible. And I don't know why I read I- it. No, I love the- how they did this in the movie, too, where, like, they had this huge, like, universe-altering event that everyone's en- enamored with, and then the conclusion was, everything's fine, except for two people. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, also, a couple people that weren't fine, now they're fine. Yup. Well, uh, that- also, I, well, I like the one, I gotta say, though, I unironically, I love the one line where... Captain America's in the elevator with that, and it's that they're recreating that one tenth scene. Oh yeah, and then yeah, yeah. he like he leans back, and goes "Hail Hydra!" My my audience clapped. They everyone loved that so much. I, <laughs> that was good. It was funny when that movie. I enjoyed those those two Avengers movies. They were fun. But anybody expecting anything other than event comic nonsense, like how dare you? I've never I've even read that many event comics, but I know it's like oh. Everything's going to revert except one or two things will not. And it, it, we can know who it is right off the bat because we can see which actors are about to leave, you know, that their contracts expire because they're too expensive. And uh, I don't know. I mean, do you go back and rewatch any of the Marvel movies at all? That's the Avengers theme. Yay. Uh, Yeah. I watch, um, I think, you know, I, I bet I could pick three that I love because I've watched them multiple times each. I'm going to say Doctor Strange, Black really? Panther, and Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy 1. So, I, I Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is the only one I, I, I ever rewatch. It's probably one of the few I actually own. Uh, I really like that movie a lot. I do feel like I have to wait a decent amount of time between watches or a lot of the jokes i'm just like oh yeah it's that joke i like that joke but i don't actually laugh at it and that's yeah you know that's the problem I, I with comedy right yeah i mean i don't i i still laugh out loud at space balls even though i've watched that 200 times i don't sure. laugh at guardians of the galaxy but it's enjoyable yeah like, it's not quite the same kind of a, a comedy kind of thing i i I really appreciate that movie for doing a ton of, like, character work in a somewhat short amount of time. Like, you have five characters, you have to get them together, you have to give them all motives and make this cohesive. And uh, James Gunn does a fantastic job, I think, with the constraints he's got. I'm I'm really impressed by just the writing in that movie. The fact that a lot of the jokes landed 
first go, and some of them still make me laugh pretty well now, is also huge plus. Like, but I can tell you like my other favorite Marvel movies, but I don't rewatch them. Like, I haven't rewatched Winter Soldier in many, many years. I think I've maybe seen that movie twice. I haven't rewatched the first Avengers movie in many, many years, even though I've seen that one probably two or three times. I just, I don't know. And I, you know I don't rewatch a lot of movies, but I thought Infinity War was very good. I I watched that one also. Um, and I think part of it bums me out because that movie was so much better than Endgame, where it it's this really cool dive into Thanos as a villain because it's the first time in any of these movies that like we cared about the villain. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, you know what? No, the the one other example where we care is Black Panther. Yes. Like that's. I feel like Black Panther's maybe the only one of these that's structured like it's supposed to be. Like, it's one of those as a as where, a coherent movie. <laughs> yeah, it, Marvel does not do villains super well. I, I love to ask this. My, yeah, well, it has been. Um, my one of my f- mom's favorites is Guardians of the Galaxy, and I love to ask her like, "Well, who, can you remember the names of the characters?" Because sometimes she'll she'll like something, but the superheroes she doesn't know. But she can remember Drax and Gamora and Rocket Raccoon and Groot and um space lord man <laughs> and it's like okay but can you remember the villain and she doesn't remember if the movie had a villain like i've asked her more than once and she she cannot begin to describe ronin at all ronin the accuser you're right I, okay I, I never would have guessed that i was like oh you couldn't fuck? either i was like what you, is his you, name but you read comic books and you can't remember who's in that movie like they so, did a bad job here's my here's my thing with ronin the accuser though i actually don't think he's He's not a bad villain. He's just totally not important. Which well, he's not part of the movie. Exactly. He's doing shit over here, and the characters accidentally run into him. Like he's not. He's he he's agency. He creates events, but he's not a character at all. He's just a guy. He, he has an infinity stone and literally threatens to destroy an entire planet. And that's like a boring, forgettable part. Uh, wait, then they dance. Ah, he danced. The thing though is, I kind of I don't hate that because I feel like it. It's just the movie has like a very specific thing it wants to do, and there needs to be a villain, and the villain has the thing he's doing, and they're just like the characters and the villain are like walking past each other almost the most of the movie. Like they don't care; they don't even want to meet up because like the idea of like we we, we don't want to go anywhere near Ronan. He's fucking crazy. We just want to go in the opposite direction, and I like that as like uh, they're not right. I, they're not real heroes. They don't want to stop the villain. They want to run yeah. away. I think structurally, there's nothing wrong with Guardians of the Galaxy being written the way it is. I think more so my complaint is that none of the Marvel movies get away from that. Sure. Um, It's like, it's refreshing in Black Panther when there's actually, like, a reason for the characters to butt heads. And you also, like, you understand where they're both coming from. Yeah. And you also understand why they're opposed. And it's like, oh, a story. Yes. I... I mean, I signed up for the capes, but Black Panther doesn't have a cape, so I guess they gave him a story to compensate for it. I Black Panther's really good. I remember really, really liking it when I first saw it, and then kind of growing a little more lukewarm as time passed, and I think it's just because I started forgetting details. And it, 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 it runs into that issue where it's a introductory movie. It, we, we got his origin story to a point, you know, we had to get the mythos, um... The things that really stick out with me for that movie are the costume design, uh, the the colors, and then just the uh, the music. That movie has such a fucking amazing aesthetic that really sets it apart from the others. And it gets I I really I really enjoy that. I would like to see a lot more movies adopt that kind of style, that Afrofuturism, because it's really really cool. I think I want them to adopt any amount of style because yeah. Like let's let's take um I think the movie I hate the most is probably gonna be uh Age of Ultron. Sure. I think that one movie is such a train wreck that it made me no longer care about the movies as a franchise. I don't know if I'd call it a train wreck, but it's definitely I hate paced. It. It's kinda of disappointing I was like, parts. I was like <laughs> I wanted the movie to end. <laughs> I was so disengaged the whole time. Oh, and it's really long too. But it's also just like they they cast Ultron so well and they designed him so well and he has two lines that are good, and then they mm-hmm. kill him off permanently. It's well, like it's weird too that 
they it would have been so, so many easy for him to escape, you know? Yeah. But then it's like, okay, we got we get Quicksilver, we get Scarlet Witch, we get a uh, guy with the yellow stone in his forehead. Vision. Vision. And it's like, you're doing all these characters, you have a brand new villain, and then you're introducing three brand new guys, too, that it, it, there's just too much going on in it. So this is what happened when, when I'm watching the movie. I'm not in love with anything, but I'm watching it. There's a scene where they have an Ultron robot or something, and they're trying to, even though he accidentally made Ultron, he's like, "What? wait, I could do it right. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Oh, sure, why not? And then they're having a fight, like, don't make Ultron again, or do make Ultron, I don't know. And then for no reason, Thor flies in unexpectedly without explanation, and then he electrocutes the thing that they're trying to stop and or not stop. And it looks like he's going to destroy it, but then he doesn't destroy it. And then Purple Man comes out. And then Purple Man is flying, and, and he's in his, like, colorful suit. And then he has a magic cape, and so he's, like, floating, you know, it's all a cape, like a two-page spread. And then he starts dropping exposition about what the Infinity Stones are. And I remember sitting in the theater with my popcorn going... I can't believe they recreated that moment in a book where I closed the book and stopped reading the series. <laughs> like, this is a comic book. They're doing it right, but I'm out. Yeah. I I think there's core good ideas in Age of Ultron. I like that, like, uh, Tony Stark's character has this really long progression throughout all of these movies. And that the first Avengers movie, like, actually fucks with his head. Like, he almost dies. They almost destroy the world. And this creates... This is his thing going forward, is he's dealing with this. And so he's got a reason that he creates Ultron. He's got a reason for the way he acts in Iron Man 3. And he's got a reason for the way he acts in Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. I like... um, You're not wrong. Uh, I like... You know how how Tony gets that one vision where he has like a nightmare about the future where everything turns to ash, mm-hmm. and like there's a shot where he's holding like Captain America's shield and it's all like busted up. Yes. So did you notice that his shield is busted up in the exact same way in Endgame when when Captain America's fighting Th- uh yeah Thanos? I did not. It, his shield gets ruined in the same way that Tony's vision showed it would be. That's cool. It's a fun little detail. And it's like, you know, they, they do plan these out. Oh, they, Kevin they Feige's do, a fucking genius. They, they they put work into these. And as as bad as Age of Ultron was, I went on to enjoy many of the films that came out afterward. So, like, I don't want to sound like I'm just uh, being contrarian about the popular series or something. Well, most people don't like Age of Ultron. Yeah, but but at the time, I feel like people were defending it a lot more. And I, I think people have kind of come around on it as time passed, but I really loathe that movie. <laughs> Especially, like, I love the moments where Ultron gets to talk serious. Like, when he's being all philosophical, and, like, he, like well, when, he, when you first see him, and he, like, clambers out with, like, the half-destroyed drone, and it's just, like, creepy, because no one, no one understands exactly what's going on yet, and he's, like, testing them in a way, and it's, like, there's this tension in the room that's very interesting to think about and then it devolves into a bunch of bad cgi flying around and then they they move on with the regular movie it's like oh like i kind of wanted more of the smart stuff yeah i it's once again it's an it's an event comic kind of thing right like the avengers movies are the big events but what i like about the first two is that it feels like they do have consequences going forward whereas endgame almost doesn't because they had to go so out of their way to reset things other than the two characters they killed off and then uh, Captain America retiring. But So, I'm sorry, go on. I guess I don't know how... I mean, like, they're fun. I don't... I'll probably never watch Age of Ultron again. I don't know if I have any reason to. Like, I saw it the one time built into the next movies. I enjoyed it for what it was despite it being probably like 30 minutes too long. And it's just... I don't know. I have like two movies I rewatch multiple, like once a year, and that's Speed Racer and uh, The Castle in the Sky, Lapido. And that's because my brother watches that one, and I usually watch it with him. And all the other movies, I, I once in a while I rewatch like Aliens, and, but not, you know, it's not a yearly thing. It's not a 
an event or whatever. And for the Marvel movies, like it was cool to be there while they were out and to live through what we got. And I think that's all I need. Like I don't, I don't need to relive it. I don't need to like the idea of like binging twenty movies in a row, right? Because I know some people do that. They're like, I'm gonna watch all the Marvel movies, and it's like, yeah, but why? There are so many new movies that come out that aren't these <laughs> that you could enjoy more. Yeah. Oh well. I want to watch like every Nicolas Cage movie, but I think that would be a lot, and like half of them would be awful. So you know what? Um, what the Flophouse does every December? What? They celebrate Cage Miss, mm. where they will review a minimum of two new Nicolas Cage movies every year, and it's it's the best part of December, man. <laughs> I love Nicolas Cage. He's like one of my favorite actors. Uh I want um did you see the the color out of space? Yes. I thought he was fun in that. That was a great movie. That was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that as an adaptation. Um, but I also enjoyed it as a Nicolas Cage vehicle. Yeah, it was really fun watching him like slowly go crazy. And then at the end when you're like there's that dog mess hybrid thing in the barn and he's just like screaming and shooting at it and blood's flying on his face and he's just continuing to scream and shoot. It's like, this is why I'm here. Yeah, that it's was It's not fun. even scary, it's just fun. Well, it's it's interesting because you're kind of waiting for like, well, what is going to happen next? Because it's weird. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about jump scares. It was like, what am I looking at? Did you Did you see It Chapter 2? No, I saw It Chapter 1. I thought, I'm good. So, everyone I know that saw It Chapter 2 was like, don't see it, it's dog shit, and it's like three hours long. And so, I waited until I could Netflix it to see it. But me and my brother and my dad watched it last weekend. And I had a fucking blast with that movie. I thought it was really, really fun. The thing is, it's, it's not a horror movie. It is a comedy and I'm pretty sure it knows it's a comedy because there's some weird, funny shit in there that it's like they had to know this was funny and not disturbing because of just the way the actors are acting and the way the scenes are moving. Like, and so I'm watching this thing, and like, yeah, there's like gore and stuff, but it really is like more of a horror comedy with a bigger emphasis on comedy than it is on the horror aspect. Which, as a fan of the book, is kind of weird because the book is definitely trippy and weird and scary and and plays on you know innate human fears or whatever. But at the same time, it's also so over-the-top, like, cocaine, Stephen King, 80s schlock that I think this is, there's there's only so many ways you can adapt that without being super edgy or, or really, really changing shit. But I, I really, really liked it. I thought it was really fun. I was surprised that people hated it so much. I was just disinterested after watching the trailer. Like... I, I can't explain it because I, I really enjoyed the first one. Um, except for the disappointment that they did such a good job casting Pennywise and then they don't give him much to do. And that's a problem in the second movie as well. He's he's in it for maybe like a total of 10 minutes of screen time, if that. I think, you know what really gets me though? The first scene in the first movie with the, um, in the sewer mm-hmm. and the boat, that whole sequence is so, um, suspenseful like actual suspense and it's creepy and he gets these like great lines and like facial expressions and there's this like unease about it because you know it's a monster but it's also like there's just this like weird surreal element to it yeah and it's like yeah i I, you know i remember watching this going like man how am i gonna get through this whole movie and it's like oh i guess that was the only scary part in the whole movie okay yeah the 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 first movie has more horror elements than the second one, but it's still more of almost like a, a thriller. And then also there's a decent amount of comedy in it. I really... And the kids are so amazingly cast, and, and they're funny when they're supposed to be, and they swear, and they're just acting like kids, and it's great. And then the sequel, like... The the problem with, with Chapter 2 is, like, it's there's a lot of tonal whiplash. Like, they're having this fight at the end, and they're basically confronting their fears, and, like, Bill is, like, physically killing his own... uh. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's, he's not regret. Um, so bad at language. Why do I podcast? Like repressed memories. Yeah, like he's he feels so bad, and he's basically killing this version of himself. It's like telling himself it's not his fault. Uh, Bev and uh, Ben are 
realizing that they've loved each other this whole time. You know, there's like, these two big moments that are, are, are very emotional. And then Richie and uh, Eddie are basically doing, like, a Scooby-Doo comedy skit where they're looking at three doors and they don't know which one to go through. One says not scary, one says scary, one says very scary. And they're just like, which one do we pick? And it's really fucking funny, but you're going through these three different things and they don't mesh up at all. You're not selling me on this at all. So, the thing is, is I enjoyed it as just, it's weird, it was fun. I, it's a lot of story elements that by themselves work and then together either will or won't work depending on what bothers you and what your expectations are. My expectations were fairly low when I saw this movie and this stuff in this case did not bother me that much but partly I've read the book quite a few times and so seeing yeah none of this was in the book but the themes are still there to a point and so I'm just like oh I like how they're adapting this weird thing in a way that a modern audience will understand and accept. Yes, there's no giant space turtle, but we still get some of the weird cosmic shit. Like, I don't know, I, I went I went into the movie with maybe a different mindset, but I really did enjoy it, and the comedy really landed for me, which helped. And so I was like, yeah, I can, I can really root for Bill. I hope he, he kills the, the sadness in his heart. But also Richie and Eddie just, like, being fucking buffoons is really enjoying. That's good. And it's on Redbox, it's on Netflix. Like I recommend people watch it if they haven't. I if you like the first one, you might as well see the second one, but yeah, the the first one was really really good. It was a more accurate representation other than the kids didn't fucking a sewer and the, Aww. they beat Pennywise to death with a baseball bat. Aw. But that's fun too. Yay. I want I want to write a book. And the title of the book would be Stand By Stand By Me, but also with a clown alien monster. <laughs> and it would be like a hyper like truncated version of it based on the trailers I've watched, because I haven't watched the miniseries or part two or read the book. Okay. And so it'd just be me guessing based on a red letter media review I once watched. I actually really like that idea. Maybe not as a full fledged book, but just as like a a piece of art like I, I watched a review of a thing, and I'm going to try and replicate that to what I think it is and see if I can That's make actually it a fun concept. I Oh, I had an idea on Twitter. Like, I, I shared a joke, but then I ended up thinking about it, and it's like, now I want to write out this whole thing. But I was thinking about if they made I Love Lucy today, every other episode would be about her reading something on Twitter and taking it seriously. Because it used to be, like gossip or um she reads something in the tabloid about a celebrity or she sees there's a there's a thing going on and or whatever and i feel like now everyone gets that off the internet right but it's like truncated like you tend to have one you go to facebook and that's where you get all your news or you go to twitter and that's where you get all your news and i just like i i had this idea for a pilot i want to write out a an episode of I Love Lucy, but it's spelled at Lucy underscore 2020. Oh, that's a good idea. And I I started writing out the script where, like, she's on her phone, and she's like, oh, no, Ethel, the, uh, the celebrity just got canceled. And Ethel's like, oh, no, what did he do? And, and then he's like, oh, you know what? No, it's okay. He just said that he's never seen her before. It's so fine. <laughs> and, and Ethel's like, well, wait, what happened? That, well, nothing happened. He just said it didn't happen. It's like, well, wait, but... And Ethel's trying to figure out what happened, and then Lucy's like, wait, we should we should cancel Ricky, and then when he apologizes, he'll get all this free publicity. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet that he beats me at night. And then <laughs> and then Ricky comes home and says, Lucy, I just got cancelled. And and she goes, Eeeh. I feel like half the people that listen to that are gonna laugh and the other half are gonna be extremely offended. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's it's inherently offensive, isn't it? Yeah. No, I think it's it's funny. It is a. Uh, I don't. I'm not super familiar with I Love Lucy. Oh, <laughs> what? It's like it's classic. How do you not? Why don't you watch I Love Lucy every weekend like I do? I, I don't know. Like if you're talking about like the the Andy Griffith show, I know the fuck out of that. I know Brady Bunch pretty well. You know what I like is Dick Van Dyke, and I feel like people put I Love Lucy on a pedestal, and then they like discount Dick Van Dyke. But to me, they're they're both classics. 
I don't know if I ever really saw the Dick Van Dyke show either. There is, um, there's a good episode where, yeah, do you, do you understand enough of the premise, like, what the show is about? I don't know what the show is about. So, um, so, so Dick plays a character who's the head writer on a late night, um, comedy show. Okay. And, and so it's him and two other comedy writers. And the, the comedy guy, like the, the man that does the show is their boss, but he's like a really hard boss to work for. Like he just has anger management problems and he flies off the hat handle at the drop of a hat kind of a thing. Okay. So <laughs> there's an episode where, um, they're having a, they're having a meeting, they're writing an episode and someone turns on the show and, and, um, it's like, well, uh, Rob, why, why are you turning on the show? It's like, well, it's my wife. Um, she got on this game show and I just want to see how she does, um, on camera. Cause she's never been on camera before. So they turn on the game show and it's like a trivia show where they, they call somebody up from the audience and they're watching and, uh, and then the, the writing team, they all have to leave for a lunch meeting. So they leave early. So it cuts to the show being recorded and his wife gets called up and the host is like kind of grilling her about, is like, Oh, you, your husband works for the Alan Brady show. I, Oh, that's, that's great. Um, you know, to t- tell me, doesn't, doesn't Alan have a uh, anger management problems? And, and she's like, Oh no, Alan's a sweet man. I, I love whenever he comes to visit, we, you know, we always have fun dinner parties and she just, she handles all the questions really well. And then the host has like, it's like one sly question that he slips in the end where he says, um, <laughs> like, so, so, so tell me, um, uh, when, when when Alan comes over for dinner parties, does he does he leave his toupee at home? And she's oh no, he always brings it. It's like wait, you're telling me Alan Brady's bald and he wears a toupee? And that became this huge secret that got let out. And so then the whole episode is her trying to find Alan to apologize over it. This isn't funny as I'm describing it. <laughs> I I think, but it's such a good episode. <laughs> I have a feeling it would be funny if I watched it. The actors sell it. The timing is good. Um, I'm not. I'm not doing it justice by explaining this. Are you how fam- how familiar what? are you with the Brady Bunch? Oh, I know the Brady Bunch because I know that one pretty well. Because I used to watch it all the time when it was on Nick at Night. I don't know why because that shows fucking dog shit. But I at least know that one. But I, okay. I don't. I don't know if I gain any anything out of knowing that one. Like, you know what's interesting is that that show never had a proper finale. The the final yeah. the final episode is the one where they uh where Greg accidentally dyes his hair orange, and then once and then it's over like it's just a random episode they never <laughs> they never got like a a season ender or a yeah, show like a, ender. a send off yeah did um did you ever see the movie yes the movies are awesome the movies are great because they make fun of the Brady Bunch so heavily they're like the while best also satire. like capturing them so well <laughs> it is like how you do satire yeah I. Every once in a while, like, there'll be those, like, uh, like, VH1 inside the show actor peoples, and then they'll, they'll have, like, the Brady Bunch on. And it, it, it's always fun, like, hearing the actors talk about that show, because at a certain point, they realized what they were making wasn't very good, but it was fun. They were getting a lot of money. Like, it was, there, there's big pop culture icons, right? Like, you can't say no to that. But then it's also like, God, what we were making was so weird. I like when they go to Hawaii and then um, uh, Vincent Price attacks them. <laughs> Do you remember that one? Yeah, because I remember the the cliffhanger on one of them is that Greg is surfing and he like falls into like two feet of water and everyone's really concerned. Well, because he also has like the cursed tiki idol that's like literally murdering people. Yeah, like bad things happen every time the idol is around, and then he wore it out into the ocean, and then his surfboard exploded. You remember the one where they uh, were going to, I think it was the Grand Canyon, and then they ran into some, like, run-down town, and a guy locked him in a jail? Yeah, that was a cute one, too. And I'm just like, it could have gone so bad. If he didn't, like, come back and let them out, they could have just, or no, they used their belts, and they ended up getting something to break out, like they made a rope. But it's like, what if they didn't? They could have just starved to death in this jail. You, you, I feel like you would appreciate the Isle of Lucy show. Um, there was a season where they went to California because Ricky got a job uh, in Hollywood making a movie. And what they did was it, it was actually kind of clever writing because what they, they they were able to work in like guest appearances without it feeling forced because they're in Hollywood filming a movie. So it makes sense that like 
well, Clint Eastwood is here. Sure. Um, but part of it leading up to it was there's like a, a five part series of them just having the road trip across America. Oh yeah. So there's this episode where they're driving forever and they're just, they're tired and they're hungry and they see a billboard for these, these like, oh, these like warm meals, uh, soft beds uh, that just take the next right. Okay. So they veer off the road and it's just like hillbilly with this, <laughs> this rundown shack. And, like, the only food he has are these sandwiches where the cheese is, like, rubber and you can't chew through it. And, um, and then, like, the beds are, like, they're so soft that, like, it's like a Three Stooges thing where they climb into the bed and then it just, like, dips into a bowl. And, um, and they decide to leave. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they get in the car and they drive and there's a sign for, like, a better place. So they follow that sign and just loops them back on the road back to the same place. Oh, no. And they're like, okay, you know what? We're so tired. We'll stay here. So they try to sleep in the night. And then every time a train drives by, it shakes the bed so much that they, like, move across the floor and almost crush them. And so, like, okay, that's it. We're leaving. So they go back to the car. And then their their steering wheel has been stolen. But it's okay because the guy running the inn happens to have a matching steering wheel for sale. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, it's like, this is the worst trip ever. It's so, like, slapstick and funny about it. God, I I wish there was more shows that would do that kind of slapstick because I feel like that has really died. Well, that's why I watch Dick Van Dyke and I Love Lucy because no one does these shows anymore. Yeah, that's all. It's all Mm old-timey, but it's also, it's the only comedy I can find because cripes you, you watch like uh, i'll be trying big bang theory i like the playstation and he likes the xbox <laughs> I, I i don't mind the big bang theory i do i think there's some funny stuff in that show but also i don't like need to watch it i don't know i've been watching archer like we're on season eight or nine now and they're they're private detectives and that's still pretty funny but there's a lot of like really long running jokes. Like it's like, oh, Pam's the horny HR person, and Sterling's an alcoholic, and, and you know, like they haven't really none of the characters have changed much since season one. But they're solid enough, like archetypes or whatever, that I don't care. And it's a cartoon. You know what more recent sitcom I like is King of Queens, with uh, Kevin James. Sure. I think that show was pretty good, but I still think uh, Lucy's better. Um, you know how many writers I Have Lucy had? Probably like one or two. It was literally two, and they were a husband and wife, and they wrote every single episode themselves. Wow. That's a that's a neat um yeah, I mean can you imagine like having your your uh um your forever life partner and that's your job? I know what's like that that's all you do is that like, you just love writing comedy, so that's what you do. Jim Gaffigan writes all of his stand up with his wife. Oh, he does a lot of stuff with his wife. Um, they they made a TV show together. They have like eight kids too, or something. Yeah, they do. Which is this is crazy people. But I don't it, know it how they cool find the time. Like, yeah, <laughs> they they yeah they're special. But it's sort of like a, they they make it work like, apparently in the bedroom and professionally. Which is rare to find either of those things, let alone both. He's why I stopped eating hot pockets. Also, I stopped awful. because yeah, the guys are awful. <laughs> so I got I got a local news story. Did you oh. hear about the man that broke into the bank in San Diego? No. This guy broke into a bank in the middle of the night. Uh, it literally got to the workers' lunch area and tried to microwave a hot pocket. Wow. And so the like sirens went off, like si- silent alarms. Uh huh. So the police showed up and they got him, and the news is interviewing him. And they said, I'm sorry, you, you broke in just to heat up a Hot Pocket? And he was, and his exact quote was, Hot Pocket, yeah. Hot Pocket. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I, I mean, and, I shouldn't laugh and, but, at that because he's probably, like, mentally unwell, but... I don't know. He seemed, I mean, probably, but he's having a good time. But what was great was when he said, Hot Pocket... Like, this is a video. You can hear somebody on the sidewalk, like, nearby go, Yeah, Hot Pocket! (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that was something special. Uh, So, uh, we're talking about Avengers. Yep. I mean, we can can talk about Elvisi more if you want. We probably shouldn't, because I don't have a lot to to 
add on to that. Like, I okay. really don't know that show. I have, we have the Roku with the Hulus and all that other shit. Like, I can probably watch it. I, I, don't I mean, think I will. I, I love that show. I feel like um, some of them are very old fashioned in their presentation. Sure. Where I don't, I don't know what I would recommend to you because I, I think you would like this road trip episode. So the thing is, I don't mind the, the that like I, I love the Andy Griffith show. I've seen almost every episode of that more than once. At least all the this black and white stuff. Once they got into the color TV, they, they turned shit. But like, so that doesn't bother me. It's just a matter of like. Making the effort to sit down and watch a thing that isn't yeah. Dave Bull woodblock printmaker on YouTube at this point. Yeah, I mean, I I get that. Um, because I I part of it is also about like knowing the characters. So I would I would almost want to recommend the episode where or like the season where they go to California, but half of it is based on like understanding the running gags of the series. Sure. Um, it's like, I, I don't know if you begin at episode one or what, like, I, I wouldn't know how to recommend it to somebody. I just watch them, but, uh, uh, let's talk about Avengers. Did you watch the, uh, the Square Enix preview? No. Oh, I, I haven't watched any video game things at all. I have no idea so, what's going on in video games. So they did they a big out. thing, like a huge presentation showing off the Avengers video game. Okay. Um, You saw how like crappy the art was? I saw literally nothing about this. So it was really bad. So anyways, they heard the feedback and said, We sorry, we sorry you uh, cringy Americans. We make game better. And they did. They, they made it look better. Good for them. I guess. I guess. Um, there's a lot of, who, what's, uh, what's the girl, Miss Marvel? Captain Marvel? No, Miss Marvel. Did they rename, isn't there, like, a Miss Marvel? There is a Miss Marvel, but I feel like, I feel like Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel are different. Yeah, I'm not talking about Captain Marvel. Miss Marvel is, oh, it is a Marvel. Who the fuck is Miss Marvel? Why do I? So she's kind of the main character of the story, it looks like. And personally, I'm not like a fan because I her superpower is that she can become bigger, but usually it's like one body part at a time. So it's like her hands turn big and she picks up a bus to stop it. No, that's kind of fun. It's kind of fun, but I don't care. I that's not my favorite kind of superpower. So um, there's like four different women that are like blank Marvel because there's Carol Denvers well, who's Captain Marvel, then there's yeah. Sharon Ventura who's Ms. Marvel. Who appeared in the Thing number twenty seven in nineteen eighty five, and then there's Carla Sofen, who is a supervillain, and also apparently some ex Marvel thing, and then Kamala Khan. This is why fuck Marvel. Like I don't want to deal with all this bullshit. Apparently Kamala Khan's comic series won a Hugo Award in twenty fifteen though, so that good for them. Oh yeah, no, Kamala's when they they won over a lot of people. Um, I think she's a she's a victory for Marvel. Oh, but it it it's still not appealing to me personally. Just um, now, if it was a white guy, dude, I would I would <laughs> love that. I mean, that but has a clear problem, right? There's not enough white men in comic I, books. I know it's weird. Like, who am I supposed to look up to? Black Panther? <laughs> I'm not black or a cat. I wish I was a cat, then I could be a furry. Dude, if I was a cat, I'd probably just um take like petty insults and then pee on things i'm glad ripley hasn't peed on my floors in a while that's good how's ripley doing he's been such an asshole lately he wants to play all the time i haven't played with him yet today and he's probably gonna be really annoying tonight he's cute though i wish he doesn't want to like cuddle at all he'll like let me hold him for a bit before he gets pissed off and wants me to put him down like he's just like he's just He's like, he's too cool for me. He's like, no, I only want to play, and I want to watch the birds. I want you to not look at me when I'm watching the birds. It's like, fine, you fucking teenager. Can you say, set down? Set down? Yeah. You, you've you said that you want to put down your cat, like, eight times. Oh. Yeah, no, I don't want to kill him. Yeah. I had to do that I, last year to a cat. I know what you mean. not pleasant. Yeah, I know what you mean, but you keep saying it. I, I didn't realize but, this was a problem. So anyways, 
Um, the Avengers game, it looks okay. Good. I think when I watched the Spider-Man trailer, I fell in love with it because it's like, wow, they really get it. This is Spider-Man. And then they showed off gameplay, and it's like, wow, they're doing such a good job with this. I cannot wait to play it. And with this Avengers thing, they're making this very cinematic thing. But then when I watched the gameplay, I felt like, oh, I remember when they would like force out shovelware for every single movie release. I remember that. It's like they're showing off Thor gameplay, and it's like you can fly around, and it's kind of like it feels clunky and awkward. And then you can target an enemy and throw your hammer at him. Like, this is like a sales pitch. And I'm not feeling it. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it it looks a lot better than it did. But I'm kind of not won over on it. So, I was curious on your take. And you didn't watch it. Correct. I'm sorry. I, well, no, I, I could have primed you on it. <laughs> I listened to literally one video game podcast now. And, uh. Sometimes I wonder why, because they're so jaded and cynical, and they're just like, look at all this new news, everything is horrible. And I'm just like, I don't play video games anymore unless it's Smash Brothers on Friday or Dwarf Game with you on Thursday. I'm a bad gamer. <laughs> Ultimately, that means you're a good person. Yeah, I did it. I did it, everybody. I'm trying to find screenshots of the the new Marvel thing, and I can only find like stuff from the E3 trailer three years ago. Feeling kind of drunk, it's great. That's pretty good. What's your favorite um drunk character in Marvel? I I mean, Tony Stark drinks. I know I like that was how, like a whole thing with him. I like how Tony Stark has like a drinking problem, and it's like, oh man, this is a this is a tough problem, but I gotta work through it. And then Hank Pym beats his wife, and it's like, oh man, I gotta stop doing that, I guess. That's a cool character. Everyone loves Hank Pym. Tony Stark's got so much money, it's like, I don't know, maybe go fucking see a therapist instead of buying Johnny Walker. I like the idea of um these these superheroes where their power is that they have enough money to do these things. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. You know what I like the idea of? It would take a mainstream character like Tony Stark to make this work, but... You turn the character into, like, a revolting, abusive alcoholic, and then always call out what alcohol he's drinking, and just, like, associate that with a brand, and be like, oh, man, every time I drink Johnny Walker, I just want to beat my wife. And then just have, like, Iron Man beat his wife while he's chugging Johnny Walker. Just so Johnny Walker and the twin brand is just like, oh, shit, we have to deal with this now. Well, I like the idea of, like, drunk Iron Man showing up, and then, like, uh, Mosquitoor, I will defeat you, and he like almost falls over, and then Mosquitoor is like, aha, Iron Man, I knew you'd show up after drinking that cheap hooch, and then Iron Man goes, it's not cheap at all, I only drink premium Jim Beam apple, it's a real apple liqueur infused with Kentucky straight wh- bourbon whiskey. Oh man, Jim Beam apple's really good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but also, uh. yeah, like, uh, I like the idea of putting in product placement as a joke, which Kung Fury did that, and it was, like, fake products, right? But, like, that was literally, like, two chunks of that movie when he, like, had this weird phone, and he's in Thor times, and he's like, this phone, you can do this and this and this, and everyone's confused. Did you watch the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? No. Did you hear about the product placement in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? I don't know if I did. It's great. Um, there's, like, (laughs) there's... (laughs) <laughs> there's a couple like egregious examples but it's like they're aware enough to make a joke out of it but it's still like actual product placement and there's like more than one ad for Olive Garden really where they where they literally point out that they love going to Olive Garden because when you're there you're family <laughs> I no joke I bought the blu-ray of Sonic the Hedgehog and an Olive Garden gift card cuz I want the Olive Garden <laughs> To, with for my shitty bread and soup to I'm, go with the shitty movie that isn't good. And I'm going to keep the card in the Blu-ray case. That is very PQ. Also, I've, I mean, I haven't been to Olive Garden in a very long time. I do remember I really like their salad dressing. Like, their salads taste really good, and like their dressing's probably garbage for you. But, man, it is, like, a really nice, bright, good, sweet dressing. You know, I actually, I talked about this on that, uh, I was a guest on that other podcast. Yeah. And and this came up because I drew a comic about 
um about my character like going to the store during quarantine to buy essentials and the essentials were just sonic blu-ray and an olive garden gift card <laughs> and it, i thought it was a funny comic but they asked me like like so cameron where do you get your ideas for your comics and i just like I, on my camera roll i like i texted them the picture of my sonic <laughs> blu-ray and olive garden gift card <laughs> that i bought that day <laughs> it's like oh no i just i i just write what i see i remember i wish i could remember the context because it's gonna be a shitty story but andrew hussey was doing something he, he does homestuck and they had a they, they somehow him and his friends acquired like a big gift card to olive garden and they were, i think they were going to go use it and like order everything off the menu and like rate all the food and then they realized they really didn't want to do that so they just went to olive garden and spent it all on liquor and got shit house drunk yeah, ate free breadsticks. Yeah, they're like you know Olive Garden's not so bad, guys. I do you care about Sonic the Hedgehog spoilers? No. So, um, at the end, Doctor Botnik goes crazy and he like blows up buildings and stuff. So now, like, the government sent him in to be like this like technological specialist, but it's like, oh no, he's a bad guy. He has to be stopped. And Sonic the Hedgehog stops him. And the and the local um, police officer in the little small town helped, and so the the government general shows up at their house, and he says, "Like citizen, thank you for your help in stopping the evil Doctor Robotnik. That we don't know how he got here, um, and the the U.S. government would like to give you this as a thanks." And so it's this envelope, and they take the envelope, and they open it, and it's an Olive Garden gift card. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the that's the finale of the movie is the general saying like like that's right when you're there you're family and they have unlimited soup and breadsticks. That's that's actually legitimately really fucking. And they funny. like they both like cringe and smile and like walk him out the door. It is the best. <laughs> so does the Blu-ray have the entire movie with the OG Sonic? No, you know I actually I haven't watched it yet. I know there's some behind the scenes, but I feel like they scrubbed the OG stuff. Um, Man, I want to see that movie with like homunculus Sonic so bad. Well, that's the thing. Like, even if it's not finished, I want to see some of these parts. Um, if if nothing else, to appreciate the work that went into the redesign. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple instances where, like, there's a lot of hover handing, and there's a lot of broken eye contact because if you're paying attention, you realize, oh, they're looking at where the original design was going to rest. Oh, sure, because the new one's shorter, right? Uh, sort of. It's just, he has different proportions. And there are moments where Sonic will, like, jump up for no reason, and it's like, oh, they <laughs> they couldn't work around it any other way. Right. So the, the animators really had to bend over backwards to fix a couple of these scenes. Um. So I kind of want to see the fruits of that labor. Because it's interesting. Yeah, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. I actually watched most of the behind-the-scenes in uh, my Prometheus Blu- Blu-ray. And a lot of that was really cool, seeing how they constructed stuff, or just, like, the writer commentary who, not Lindelof, but the guy who wrote the first script, and then Lindelof took over and and made it something else. But there was a a lot of really fun shit there, and so, if it's a movie you like, or a movie that you know has a fucked up production, like, man, the the behind-the-scenes stuff can be really great. I need to, um, I need to see what is on the Cats 2019 Blu-ray. Because I want to buy that. Because I want to rewatch it. Because it's fucking weird, and and I had a good time. But also are they going to release the uh, butthole edition? I I mean that'd be cool. I want to I want to know what went into that. I want the director commentary so bad. Like I think it was it Tom Hooper or something. Like what the fuck did you think you were doing when you made this? I don't want to spend twenty two dollars on that Blu Ray though. I want to wait till it's in like the five dollar bin. Oh, that'll come by Christmas. I think so. I I think the people that are really into that movie will buy it like right away and it will sit for everyone else. So I don't think they're going to be like it like with with Sonic, I think they rushed it to Blu-ray to make it for Easter weekend. Probably. Um I don't know. We're we're nearing the end here. Let's uh instead of talking about things we like, why don't we have a nice glad space where we think about positive things? Okay, we can do that. Uh do you have a glad space or should I start? I have one. It's kind of weird, and I okay. don't. But um, I was able to finally book a uh, a lesson with a vocal coach 
that I really like that I've wanted to do this for a while. I've, I've been in like the waiting list for like five months. He finally opened some stuff up and they let me know ahead of time because I've been on the waiting list for so long. I'm like, hey, we got some dates open. You and a select other people who've been waiting, you guys get first pick. And so it's going to be July 31st, so it's still a ways off. But uh, the guy's named Mark. He's in the, a band called Kardashev. They're really good. And I'm really excited to talk to this guy for an hour. And it's like, I need you to help me sound like Satan better. And uh, it's a ways off. And it cost me $75. But I'm I'm really excited and kind of nervous about this. Because I've, I've definitely hit a wall as far as how good I am at, at screaming. And I want to get better. And I legitimately think he's going to make me get better. He will help me do that. And that's I my... Can- yeah. I can coach you how to scream. Can you? Yeah. How, how do I do it, Cameron? Just do that. Okay. <coughs> it's great. <laughs> I've been trying to um to learn how to throat sing a bit to find my false chords better, which I was going to try and do to open up the show, and I've had way too much alcohol and probably shouldn't. Uh, maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like it was close to being something pretty cool. I'm Sonic. You gotta go win the emeralds. Because that sounds like like a Batman voice, right? Where's the Joker? Uh, Am I the Joker? Where's the punchline? It also sounds like that kind of hurts to do. Not too bad. I, that's my orc voice. I've been practicing an orc voice. My my nose makes a nose sound, and then I stick my jaw out, and I go like Doctor Ogar. What what you just did now, or what you were doing before? No, what I what I was doing before is something that's developed from my orc thing. Okay. I I gotta do this sound too. Boop, 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 boop. I like that. That's good. <laughs> what, what what are you glad about, Cameron? I'm glad about uh, there's a movie from 1980. That I recently like rediscovered because I could never figure out what it was called, and it's hard to describe. It is like accidentally just a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Like they have this established fantasy setting, but then it feels like characters constantly break sequence and just sort of do things that are cool for the sake of it that don't make sense. Like a really good dice roll. Oh wow! There's a part where there's like there's a couple characters, just like an elf archer. But his his bow is an automatic machine gun that they just like refuse to show him using it. Like you see so many arrows like like nailing everybody, but they will not show him shooting it that fast. Oh yeah. And they just hope you don't notice. Like it is it's like a it's a hilariously bad movie that's trying really hard. Nice. Um the main character is a Jedi, like before like they just like accidentally give him Jedi powers that are not set up. It's just like at the end, the sword gets knocked out of his hand, but then like the sword flies back into his hand. And it's like, wait, you could do this the whole time. <laughs> and he stops the bad guy. And it's like, what? Um, th- it's called Hawk, the Slayer. That's cool. And, man. oh yeah. And it's such a bad movie that you can just find it for free on YouTube. Oh, nice. And so I wanted to show it to a friend. It's like, dude, you'll love this movie. So I go to YouTube. I type in Hawk, the Slayer, excuse me. And, it comes up and like, dude, let's watch this right now. We queue it up, but then next to the recommended, there's the trailer for the riff tracks of Hawk the Slayer. Oh no! So we turned that off, and I went to rifftracks.com and I bought it, and we watched that instead. It is one of the best riffs. They they do not go two minutes without something hilarious. It was like that movie is paced perfectly for jokes to be inserted in between every other bad line. Oh really? It is, um, it's like, it was designed to be made fun of. I, I don't know how else to put it. It's a great experience. Nice. Um, yeah, I, so, I mean, I recommend Hawk the Slayer, but I also recommend the Rift Tracks version, and you don't have to watch the original first. Just jump to Rift Tracks if you want the jokes. Cool. That sounds like a good glad space. It was good. I had fun. We watched that last night, and it's like, I know what I'm talking about tomorrow. That's what... Yay! Are we done? Yeah, we we were going to talk about Powerpuff Girls. We were. Um, What's your favorite Powerpuff Girl? I like uh, the green one. 
Okay. That, so, I mean, that's covered. If anyone is on the edge of your seat waiting for an answer. She was cool. She like fighting. Yeah. Which is fine. I normally don't like the color green. So you think like, oh man, she's gotta be, he's gotta be all about Blossom or Bubbles. But it's like, no, 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 no. In the case of Powerpuff Girls, I like the green one. I honestly like them as a unit. Bubbles is great. Also, Tara Strong voiced her, which is good. I like, um, what's the, what's the word? I love the, the, uh, the rogues gallery. They have some fun villains in that show. The rogues gallery? Yeah. What's that? What's that? Like, isn't that the phrase? What's the phrase for, like, the cast of villains? Oh, oh. I do, like, yeah, there's a lot of really good villains in, in Powerpuff Girls. You're probably right, yeah. I'm just dumb. It's a it's a good show. I, I do want to have an actual talk about it sometime. I want to. I didn't make time to watch any this weekend. I was going to watch a bunch of Powerpuff Girls, so well. And then it turns out none of it's on YouTube or Daily Motion, which makes things oh, difficult. Oh, yeah. Also, I want to watch the movie. I, it's frustrating. We're, you know what's funny? We're talking about superhero movies the whole time. Um, the Powerpuff Girls is just a superhero origin story movie, which it's hard to imagine recommending one right now after watching 25 consecutive superhero origin story movies. But man, Powerpuff Girls is a good one. I recommend that still. But uh, we'll talk about this soon. I hope everyone out there is having a safe and um, a pleasant Arbor Day. Fuck a tree. Fuck a tree and you'll please me. Yeah. Trademark. Boom. Hashtag. Bye, everybody. And remember... No, that's all. Bye. <laughs>